we join now by our market analyst Clive Ntoza Bantu Ramatibela. Good morning. Hello! Let's talk about it to you, Safina, to the rest of the listeners as well. Safina, I just want to apologize for Friday, eh? Because I'm becoming a celebrity, celebrity. So, by and Kela, they just Kela me, Kela there, TV, Nyana there, Kela, Kela. I'm very sorry. Well, we'll take that conversation <laughs> off air. We, we will discuss that <laughs> offline, Clive. But um, just looking at what's going on in China, it's of yeah. course a week-long public holiday. But uh, China's foreign exchange reserve shrank to the smallest it's been since 2012. Yeah, this is an indication, Sakina, that the central bank uh, sold dollars as yuan. And also that they are declining in terms of that because of the slowdown of the uh, domestic economy. The world's largest currency, Sakina, uh, shared about uh, 99.5 billion U.S. dollars, um, and they shrank down to 3.23 trillion U.S. dollars in terms of their yeah, foreign exchange reserves. But this is still a massive number. I just want to point that out. It's still a very strong number. This reserve obviously is an indication of the country's liquidity capability to be able to invest and utilize it as a buffer. Now, who came up with this report, Akira? Mm, it's the People's Bank of China. And that is the reason why a lot of commentators are still very worried that maybe this might not be an accurate number. They're still not sure if this is because there was a sentiment that this might have dropped by 120 billion U.S. dollars. And so it came in less than what most commentators had anticipated. And so uh, we're, we're, the guys are worried that this might not be an accurate number. So normally they wait for the HSBC uh, report, uh, which also gives a, uh, an indication of what the number actually is. So still, policymakers are fighting to hold up the weakening yuan. We know that they tried to weaken it as well um, since October last year. Um, but the weakening of the yuan obviously also contributes heavily on the weakening foreign uh, exchange reserve. So we don't know, Sakina, but what I think is important is to know that there's still some money out there. There's still outflows that will rise simply because it's slowing down. The target GDP is no longer the same, and so that's why they're starting to see the yuan weaken as much as it has. And um, some interesting news in the oil sector. Oil traded near $31 a barrel, and that oh. came after Saudi Arabia and Venezuela met to discuss cooperating in order to try and stabilize the market. And uh, U.S. data also signaled the investors are split in the direction of prices, Clive. Normally, there would be split. Uh, it's not easy making these kinds of decisions. Um, and we know that uh, the two countries do not see eye to eye. So it was quite interesting to see uh, the discussions. Uh, everybody seems to believe that they were all positive. We know what's happened because of the continuous... Because Venezuela is a smaller contributor, so, you know, uh, what tends to happen is Saudi has continued uh, with pumping the oil, and so it's weakening uh, some of its smaller partners within the region in terms of uh, uh, the weakening oil price. It hits those smaller countries a lot. But they're not prepared to slow down. But... What is interesting is that we saw the, the oil uh, um, uh, price actually strengthen slightly a little bit to about $31 per barrel. And we also saw the futures uh, on the U.S. market, specifically on the uh, energy market, also strengthening slightly a little bit uh, to about 0.9%. So it was quite an interesting one to see. Uh, there are very little signs of abatement on the supply side. You know, we're not sure uh, what this actually means. It can only be clearly... Uh, are be identified once we have all the numbers. So we'll, we'll wait and see 
how these negotiations have gone. I think for the rest of the week, we'll be waiting to see how the performance of this particular energy market will respond to the negotiations between Venezuela and Saudi Arabia. Indeed, we shall. And just looking at those uh, jobs numbers, uh, U.S. companies created 151,000 jobs in January, mm. a disappointment compared to uh, the economist consensus leading up to the release of that report. It was a disappointment, Sakina, but I think sometimes we are overreacting. And I'll tell you why. Um, you can't continue to create this many amounts of jobs every month. It's it's just ridiculous. Um, the, 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 the jobless rate is sitting at 4.9%. It means out of the 358 million United States uh, uh, people, only 4.9% of them are actually uh, not in the job market. That is phenomenal. Uh, since 2008, we know this is the lowest it's ever hit in more than 22 years. So um, what is it that I saw that were positive about the jobless rate besides uh, missing targets uh, or, or hitting. Firstly, is that we're hitting full employment. It means it's going to be more and more difficult uh, to get the numbers that everybody is, is looking for. Uh, participation in the jobs market is developing, which is very positive. If you look at the graphs, you'll see perhaps even more encouraging was the move in the labor force uh, participation rate. The share of the working age population that was either employed or looking for a job picked up by 62.7%. That is remarkable. That is what you're looking for when you're creating jobs. And the last one, and the one that everybody's been crying about, including the guys uh, who are <laughs> candidates for the presidential uh, race, uh, they, are, they were crying about this, but now the numbers show that wages are moving up. The average American is earning more than they were earning in 2009-2010. So that means that the work of the Fed is still being realized. They're actually getting to get the right penetration, uh, uh, Sakina, which is great news. Those, for those three points alone, the disappointment is soft lending. Well, Clive, we're going to leave it there. Just a quick one uh, from Ambrogino uh, to leave you with. Uh, says, I think we should get royalties for these uh, celebrity appearances of yours. So um, the two of you can discuss that offline. I will speak to you again tomorrow. Thank you so much. Our market analyst, Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela. 105, the home of SAFM in Peter Maritzburg. Peter Maritzburg. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader.